Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. I'll try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. So Strangely, what do you know about Shit's Creek? Uh, I know it's spelled S-C-H-I-T-T, so we can say it on the radio. Yes. Because it's a name. And this is definitely on the radio. This, this show is recorded for and aired live on terrestrial radio. You're listening from WNBZYXQR Chicago. It's We're This Chicago. American Podcast. How did you get here? Um, yes, agreed. Uh, it's a sitcom. Yes. I believe it is a kind of half hour sitcom vibes. And it, I think it's one of Netflix's earliest original programmings. Is that correct? Like it's. I don't know about earliest, but I do believe it is a Netflix show. Okay. But I guess I just, I don't know. It's been around for a few years, but I'm not sure exactly how long. For some it's reason. It's been gradually permeating my consciousness. Yeah. For some reason, I have it in my mind that it was like, when, when did Netflix like really explode with the original programming? Like 2016, maybe, let's say? I feel say. like the first thing I heard was like, Netflix is doing originals. They're making their own stuff with yeah. Stranger Things. Right. And this I believe this was before that. Was it? Oh. Yeah. We'll find out later. <laughs> um, other than that, though, yeah, I don't know anything about this. I assume that it's about people with the last name shit. Really? You don't know anything else? I don't know anything else. Oh, do you want me to spoil some things for you? Because I know at least a couple of things. Uh, yeah, well, well, well I've, I've now completed everything <laughs> that I know about Schitt's Creek. Uh, Sarah, <laughs> what do you know? I'm just, I'm never going to get tired of saying this, about Schitt's Creek. Well, I know that when I first heard of it, I went, ugh, bathroom humor. And I was like, I don't need to watch that. Because I'm not going to lie, that is immediately always a turnoff for me. And it being right in the title, I was like, this humor is probably not going to be for me. However, everything I've heard about it since then seems like it might actually be, that that title might be a, like a false uh, thing. I believe that, in fact, uh, the family is not named that. I think, well, I might be wrong about that, but I think it's just that this town is named that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about this rich family and all of a sudden they lose all of their money and like all they have left is that years ago one of the members of the family bought another member of the family this town as a joke. Okay. And so they, they're like, we still technically like own a lot of land and buildings in this town. We effectively own this town. So I guess we're going to go live there. Like maybe they own a motel or something and they just go take it over and live there or something. Huh. And so they're like, it's fish out of water, formerly ridiculous rich people now not having a lot of money and living in a in this small town uh the main cast includes eugene lovey and Catherine o'hara as the uh mom and dad and then eugene lovey's real son real life son dan lovey think dan plays his son okay on the show and then there there's also another kid kid they're adults but right. um i don't think i'm familiar with that I don't think I was already familiar with that actress. For for a while, I was misinformed that it was one of the Pistol Shrimps. And then I hmm. found out I was wrong about that. So I don't know anything about that actress, I don't think. Well... So she'll, be a, she'll be a surprise. Uh, also, I know that Catherine O'Hara's character is an actress, or perhaps a former actress. And for some reason, she pronounces the word baby, bebe. Someone sent me a clip show. Our friend Molly Lewis's attempt to get me to watch the show was to send me like a little YouTube clip show of Catherine O'Hara saying various sentences with the word baby in them. And she goes, where is baby's chamber? <laughs> I found it very amusing. I was like, I should watch that show. And then I didn't. So, well, hearing that Catherine O'Hara is in it, my interest just spiked. Oh yeah. No, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara together, especially are like an unstoppable comedy duo. So I, I have to admit, like, one of my favorite things about going back and watching a lot of the movies that I liked when I was a kid mm -hmm. is realizing how hot Catherine O'Hara yeah. is. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm objectifying her a little bit, but, like, just it's just like one of when those things. When you're a kid and you watch Home Alone, you're like, a mom, an adult, whatever. Yeah. And then as an adult, you watch and you're like, oh, what's up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you're like, 
we, <laughs> we just watched Finding Ohana the other night, which is like a Netflix kids movie. Yeah. I was like, I am distracted by how hot the mom is in this kids movie. The, she is distractingly yeah. hot. Yeah, I mean, she's Kelly Who. Like, yeah. she's, she, yeah, she's extremely hot. Arguably hotter now than when she was like the hot girl in Surf Ninjas and several other movies. Anyway. She's the scotch, scotch of mom actresses. Just. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that is now the sum total of things that I know. There's like a couple of, you know, memes I've seen. I can't tell every joke that I've heard from the show. Um, I believe that Dan Levy's character is delightful. Well, the internet loves to meme him. Well, on that note, let's go watch this yeah. thing. I mean, like, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go watch the heck out of Shit's Creek. Creek. <laughs> oh. I still hate the title. Just for the record, still hate the title, but I'm, I'm willing to give it a try. Well, you know, so I, I hated the title "Good Place" because I just don't like good things. So, you know, it's, Are it's you only fair. Mocking me. <laughs> oh my god! You know Podcast over. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Uh, so I suppose before anything else happens, we should address how wrong were we? Yes. And I think the only thing we were wrong about is that it's not a Netflix show. By we, you mean me. Oh, I was trying to be polite. I know. Uh, we're in this together, strangely. I was, I was wildly wrong. This is a CBC show uh, produced by CBC and a company called Not A Real Company. <laughs> That's the name Excellent. of the company. It's not a real company, Excellent. Incorporated. Uh, yeah, so this is a Canadian production. Makes which, sense. Yeah. That, that does kind of make sense because... It explains the presence or lack thereof of Tim Rozon. We'll yeah. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you were right that, about it being from before... It did come out before Stranger Things, though. Yeah. So if it had been a Netflix show, it yeah. would have uh, predated that. So, you know, not wrong about that part. It, I didn't realize it had been around quite that long. I now want to find out what the Netflix sitcom was that predated Stranger Things. Because there, there was, like, that vague memory of a sitcom. Yeah. Definitely there's some sort of Netflix sitcom. All right. Um, well, maybe it, somebody, if you know what it is, tell us and then we'll watch that. I feel like Sam Elliott is in that Netflix thing, but that's a conversation for yeah. another time. There's, for, there's a totally different Elliott in this for one. For another time. <laughs> that was with Sam Elliott. That was pretty good. There I, were I'm no such, yeah, huh? there are no such miraculously uh, lux, lustrous mustaches in this show. All right. Well, uh, let us discuss then, or let's do the one sentence synopsis rather. As presented in the pilot, one-sentence synopsis is basically what I already said during the What We Know, I think. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, I mean, they move... I was wrong about them owning... I thought they owned the motel. It sounds like they own the whole town. Yeah, which I thought it meant, well, by own the town, I mean, they own a lot of land in the town, so they basically own the whole town. I don't think you can actually... I guess I was under the impression you can't own a town unless you just happen to own all of the land in the town. Right. Well, I, I guess it could be some sort of, you know, I, I don't know why we're worried about this, but yeah. I know that there are certain townships that are like incorporated technically as a corporation. It dates back to like sort of pioneer days mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like the whole town was common property, sort of like a communal thing. So technically the whole town is a singular asset that you could buy. And right. then, you know, it's like everybody owns a piece of an asset, kind of like a condo association or something. But technically, it's like it's thought of as a single asset. Okay, but, sure. You know. At any rate, I thought they owned the motel and they just kind of take it over. But of course, that wouldn't be enough trouble. <laughs> right. The show wants to put them through more misery, so they also have to beg for rooms from this uh, yeah. ridiculous motel. <laughs> so yes. Uh, yeah, a rich, a really, really rich family loses all their money because their business manager absconds with all their money and it turns out was not paying taxes for a long time. So all their assets get seized. And the only thing the feds let them keep are like some personal items yep. and this town. So, uh, yeah, they move there, move into a motel and are horrified by the conditions 
And they are plagued by a ridiculous, quote-unquote, mayor of the town in the person of Chris Elliott. That's the... That's One the... sentence synopsis. Look, <laughs> I'm I'm expanding the one sentence synopsis concept because I think we, we used just to... call it synopsis. Yeah, we should just change it to synopsis because okay, look, we used to do a one sentence synopsis as kind of a challenge yeah. to just get the boom. What is this? The vibe of the show, and then we would pick apart the entire plot. And these days, we we're more freeform about it. But I still I've, want to get the plot kind of yeah, laid out. I've 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 got a one sentence yeah. synopsis for you. Oh, hit me. Uh, Not actually, please. It's here's here's the elevator pitch and the one sentence synopsis. Okay, hit you me. Ready? Yeah. It's Beverly Hillbillies meets Tenet, and the one sentence synopsis is it's Beverly Hillbillies in reverse. There you go. That's, Bill, Beverly Hillbillies meets what? Oh, Tenet? The Tenet. New, that's that. I haven't seen it yet. It's just everything goes backwards. I say backwards. yet. It's like I'm actually going to see it. Oh, they, snap. They just reverse the video and it's like supposed to be this mind-blowing special effect. It's like, bro, I've been making stuff like that since I was in high school. I don't, ah, okay. You know. Got it. Anyway, uh, should we get into that recap? Yeah. Let's get into it. So we start with the families, just a sh- you know, a shot of this ridiculous, opulent, over-the-top, disgusting mansion. Yeah. And the feds show up and start... Carting away. Just carting Every away. movable Everything. asset. And I wanted to ask you while we were watching this, like, is this a thing that actually happens? Do the feds... Like, I know the feds will come in and, like, seize anything that could be evidence, but... I... Oh, no. Asset seizing is definitely a thing, Yeah. But, like, physically seizing the asset? I feel like they would just take the family out of the house and keep the stuff there. Like, Well, you have to let people take their, like, personal yeah. items or whatever. But I guess I don't know exactly how it works, but I believe that it is true that if it turns out you owe an obscene amount of money to the government, like, yeah. say, you haven't been paying taxes for many years, uh, they can seize things. Now, I was under the impression it was more like they'd take cars or boats or other properties yeah. or big things like that and i mean they're, pa- they're like packing up the flatware like it's I mean, well i guess flatware but yeah it did yeah taking the painting off of the wall like or a po- photograph like a giant blown up photograph or painting of the family yeah like taking that like who else wants that leave yeah. that there <laughs> that's just gonna be a, a, a hassle to cart around yeah. Maybe the frames were something, though. I guess I could take that. Yeah. But yeah, they're, uh, I, I'm under the impression, but maybe it's just a movie and TV thing. Maybe the way it happens in real life is less dramatic, so I'm, they do it in a more picturesque way on TV. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I'm assuming. Uh, so the, the FBI carts away everything, yeah. and then... We, the yeah, f- we get a lot of shots of the family reacting in utter disbelief. And panicking about their stuff and shouting. It was weird that the son was the one who was like holding handfuls of like absurd looking costume jewelry and trying to stop people from taking furniture or things. Yeah, everybody's. It was, in... a, it was a little surprising. You think one of the, the one of the parents would be the one saying, "Don't take the furniture right. and things." The only thing I really liked about that is that the 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 staff are trying are helping. Uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara's character Moira Rose uh, pack up her wigs and she she shouts at one of the the staff members like did you put Christina in with Robin they don't like each other yeah (laughs) I don't know it's just a silly it's a silly joke but I really enjoyed that bit yeah there's a lot there's a few okay jokes in this chaos but eventually it settles down and we get the four principal family members Eugene Levy dad Catherine O'Hara mom Son and Dan daughter. Levy, uh, Dan David, Levy is the son. The son and oh shoot, I just looked up her name because I wasn't already familiar with her. Uh, now I, I just feel rude not remembering the name of the Annie Murphy who Annie plays Murphy. Alexis, the daughter. Um, they're sitting on the couch, and they're, they're just kind of having this chat to their lawyer. It seems their lawyer or somebody, yeah, who's basically. Tells them the plot. You're, yeah, your business manager ran off to the Caymans and took everything. All you have left is this town. That you bought as a joke. And the funny thing is that that whole scene they keep talking about, you actually bought the town? Well, of course I did. That was the joke. You could have just photoshopped the deed 
That wouldn't be funny. They do this whole back and forth. Nobody says the name of the town. And then there's like the quote unquote reveal of the name of the town when they show the sign Schitt's Creek Motel. But it's like, it's the name of the show. Didn't we get the we title already... card? We got the title card before we saw the name of the... I think the so. The title card was the reveal of yeah. the name of the town. It just seems odd that, it, that they danced around saying the name of the town. Yeah. Since we already know what it is. It seemed unnatural for no one to say the name of the town in that conversation. Unless yeah. you were saving it for a reveal. But like we already know because it's the title. Yeah. Maybe originally that wasn't going to be the title. It seems improbable. Highly improbable. I I need to, to come right out and say it. Like, I didn't really have any opinion on the title of the show uh, as kind of being a joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, nothing that takes place in this pilot disposes me to think the joke is any funnier. Like, you were kind of not into the joke yeah. previously. And... Nothing in the pilot in any way sells it. Like, I could see a really fun thing where it's spelled like that and no one sa- is saying it out loud. And then, like, towards the end, they're like, welcome to uh, welcome to Shift Creek. Yeah. So it's like, it's not actually it Shift Creek. Yeah. No, uh, the, the mayor introduces himself and that's his last name. Yeah. He's just, I'm Randall Shit, the mayor. And that's the first first time anyone says it out loud. So it's like... It's it's very weirdly constructed. It's almost it, it almost feels like a a, a a leftover from an earlier draft where they weren't going to say the name of the town out loud because it was written for TV or something, and so it was like this kind of whole thing, you know, like they're dancing around it as yeah. part of a joke. Because if they always danced around it, it'd be funny, you know. If the if the guy like, comes up and he's like, never say it, like, hey, I'm Dan Ship, you know, like the name yeah. of the town, and they're like, isn't it? He's like, yeah, Ship, like, yeah, like Ship. Or just this, like, yeah, uh, Randall Ship. I'm sorry, what? It's Danish or something. Just like, it's blank, you know. Yeah. And then that's the joke is that it's not pronounced how you'd yeah. think. Yeah. It, I did find that sort of odd. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so then they get to the town. And, and then it's just them dealing with the motel. Yeah. that's One scene of them in a, in a cafe. Yeah. And the rest of it is just them dealing with this motel. I'm going to just say right off that... I wanted the pilot, I wanted the first episode of this show to set up the quote-unquote universe a little bit more. I wanted to see more of the town and meet more of the characters. And and it's just them at the motel. Yeah, the only other... Almost the entire time. Look, there's not really a a plot to follow here. Yeah. I I mean, I don't want to totally derail this, but I would rather have a broader conversation about this because... Yeah. I, th- I think everybody has yeah. a basic There's idea. There's a about premise how- here, yeah. but there isn't a plot. Exactly. Thank you. I just, I was like, when you were like, we opened on a shot of, and I was like, I can't do this entire no. pilot. Uh, I wasn't trying to. No, I, I'm not saying you were. I just, that was my reaction. Yeah. I didn't want to do a blow by blow either. We just no. walked into it. I know. And I, I feel like you're accusing me of leading no, us there. No, I'm not accusing you of okay. leading. You, you said we opened on a shot of, and then I embraced it as we were doing a blow by blow. We did walk into it okay. together. Yeah. All right. We, we, okay. Sarah, we walked into hell holding hands <laughs> side by side. I'm not, I'm not okay. accusing you of, Okay. if anything. I'm, I'm probably going to cut that out because it just feels like we're. Nobody wants to hear mom and dad argue. No, that's that's why the kids are here. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. I totally agree with you that there was no world building, really. Yeah. They We have a premise, and we get the guy who is the mayor of the town or whatever. We get the concierge of the motel, this girl. Concierge, come on. The receptionist. Clerk, rece- the whatever. The front desk girl, the clerk. And there are many get, terms that are more appropriate than concierge. <laughs> we get the waitress at the diner. Or the yeah, but cafe. we don't really, I mean, we don't even really, like, she She does a bit, but it's, yeah. Yeah, but the, these barely are the, counts. These are the only people who have any speaking roles, really, in this town. Yeah, I wanted to get more of the characters of the town, even just some establishing shots of more... Of the town, businesses, people standing outside and like staring at them as they pass by. I don't know. I wanted, I wanted to be introduced to the little world, the very small world we are going to live in. And instead, I mean, half, almost half the episode is just setting up where they used to live for the contrast. And then the other half is 
almost entirely this motel. I guess I could have I could have done with three quarters less. Chris Elliott won't leave the hotel room, and that much all that time. Also, he took a shit, and it was smelly. All of that time, I would have loved to see establishing the world. You could do Chris Elliott won't leave and then takes a smelly shit in the second episode. Sure. But how about the first episode introduces the world a little more? Yeah. And just, I kept waiting for there to be a moment where this would reverse and become something different. Because it just feels like the most, like, shrill, mean-spirited version of this kind of concept. Like, Yeah. I, I, I'm... Just gonna put it out there. I bet you, as soon as we release this episode, people are gonna be sending us messages like, "It gets better. Please stick with it." It like a few episodes in, they warm up, or like in the second season, they really hit their stride, which is the thing people say about a lot of shows. So, not saying that the show doesn't maybe. Oh, I might even give this another couple of episodes because I've heard such good things about the later stuff that happens. But yeah, I was a little let down by the pilot, just not having that much information i guess it doesn't have much to offer and there's no like well there's this whole big thing about alexis's boyfriend is gonna fly in on his private plane and pick her up and take her away from all of this and you know that's not gonna happen because you know the premise of the show is the whole family's there so you're you just sit there going okay what's gonna happen what is going to happen to prevent him from coming and i thought what it was gonna be is it was they were gonna Drag that out. It was going to be a thing through the whole season. She was constantly going to be saying she's going to be making excuses for him. Right. Oh, we couldn't do it today. We couldn't do it this week because there's this reason. But like, he's going to be here any minute. And it was going to be this thing throughout maybe the season or the whole show. Right. And then they just dispose of it right away. He just breaks up with her. It's again, it's a lot of runway for something that doesn't land. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of describing it. They spend so much time whiffy waffing back and forth with bits that aren't that interesting or funny and don't really go anywhere. The 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 thing with Chris Elliott being like just not wanting to leave never it never landed, it never really made sense, and then it never went anywhere because in the end finally Eugene Levy's character John J- yeah. Johnny like just yells at him and he leaves and then he does this ridiculous thing where he takes the doors off of their motel room and then they think things have been stolen and then it like Mara freak freaks out someone has stolen my earrings while the yeah. doors were off because it's the one thing I knew where I put it and I can't find it now and then later he just goes oh honey I took them out of the Kleenex box and put them in my shoe for safekeeping for safekeeping but that doesn't land as like a joke that they both think they're hiding it it could have been a joke about them both thinking they're hiding it in this weird place but like she had already hidden it so why did he take it out of her hiding place and put it in another hiding place he doesn't give a reason for that he just says he hid it and then you're like oh okay the the diamonds are fine the earrings are fine yeah it does so what it not it's not funny she just is i mean it seems like they just set that up so she would accuse the receptionist and the receptionist would hate her for accusing her of stealing them but the receptionist already doesn't like them and it's one of those things where they're they're just setting something up for it's like things happen because of because they need them to happen mechanically, not because it feels in any way organic. Yeah, it's but like, then but then there aren't any mechanics to explain why they happen, really. No, I'm I'm sorry. I just have to look up if this. Yeah. Okay, so the first two episodes aired back to back on the same day. Oh dang it! I didn't think to look that up. We should have should always look it up. We did that. We made the same mistake with Good Place. I just... That also explains why Tim Rozon was credited. I saw his name and went, oh, right. goody, I forgot he's supposed to be in this. Yay. We get to see him. Now, If uh, for eagle-eyed, eagle-eared listeners of the podcast, we'll recognize that name because he plays uh, Doc Holliday in Winona Earp. And he also plays a character in Lost Girl. Which I haven't gotten to yet, so... Uh, I mean... This might be totally crazy, but like, based on how many good things we've heard about the show from people, yeah, I kind of feel like maybe we need to watch the second half of this and then come back. Yes, because like, legitimately at this moment, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen because 
there's a bunch of stuff it, that gets set off. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't yeah. go anywhere. Okay. Yeah, they shouldn't. I, I don't understand why people do that. Why do you cut them into two episodes if you're going to air them together? Then when you put them on Netflix, just like squish them together. Tim Rolson is credited in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And then he does not appear in the quote unquote episode that we were shown on Netflix. Why do they do this to us? Yeah. We should probably do that because, yeah, I don't, I was feeling like, gosh, I don't have that much to say about this. It just doesn't really go anywhere. So to avoid us just sitting here and talking about how it didn't go anywhere, shall we just go watch the second episode and then come back? I think we should just go watch that second episode and come back. All right. Unprecedented, listeners. We've never done this before. Let's, let's learn our mistake from the good place and just watch that second half of the pilot. Let's be real. All right. Here we go. So we just watched the second episode. Yeah, we're back. Of Schitt's Creek. We have now watched the full pilot, effectively. We have seen Tim Rose on, so I'm satisfied, in a manner of speaking. So, um, okay, that certainly is more of a story than yeah. the first half was, obviously. it uh, Certain things were set up that have now been kind of paid off. Do you feel appreciably different about the show overall? Um, yes, but like we're talking in terms of me going from a two to a three. So yeah, out of t- out of. I 10, guess we should give but... people for anyone listening who hasn't watched the show. Yeah, and I do that all the time, so I know someone else's. The basic recap we've got here is the next morning they wake up, more shenanigans, plumbing doesn't work, yada yada. They decide we're just going to sell the town. Yeah, that's re- that seems like a reasonable plan. Yeah, they jump through a bunch of hoops to get a contract or whatever signed to be able to sell the place. And then it's revealed it's going to be hard to sell the town, which seemed obvious from the beginning. So again, we have another thing that was kind of like set up, but then it was so obvious that when it was paid off, it was like, yeah. So, uh, I mean, the, the, the real estate guy said, I'm not optimistic about selling the town. I mean, the, the feds, uh, yeah, didn't think it was worth anything. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the IRS or whatever, yeah. was, you know, it didn't consider it valuable. So, I mean, the guy points that out and then we get the information from, um, um, I, I call him Randall, I think Roland in the first yeah. half, but it's Roland, uh, the mayor reveals after a ridiculous dinner party, yeah. uh, that it took them 20 years to sell it the first time and they never thought it would sell. Yeah. The only reason it sold is because some stupid rich guy bought it as a joke and it will never sell again, basically, is what they're implying. Right. But it was it was already teamed when they were like, we'll sell the, bil- the, the town. And I thought, I mean, who's going to buy it though? And then the real estate guy goes, you're probably not going to be able to sell it. And I went, exactly. And then the big reveal is Chris Elliott saying, you're not going to be able to sell it? Like, freaking duh. There's also a little side story. The B plot is mm-hmm. that uh, front desk girl, Stevie, mm-hmm. uh, invites David to a kegger or a tailgate party, whatever. And uh, Alexis goes instead because she wants to get some pictures of herself with some hot townies to send to her ex who's posting lots of pictures with like models and shit. Yeah. Uh, and then David shows up as well. And the most exciting thing that happens in the entire show is that we get to see Tim Rose on with his shirt off. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, Chris Elliott's a big fan of Moira's soap character and Which... begs her to slap him. Yeah. So Which, that's about everything that happened. It is such a testament to Catherine Hahn that like... Catherine O'Hara. Fuck. Were you kind of mixing up Catherine O'Hara and Madeline Hahn no, in your head? I d- just now. I mean, I know who Catherine O'Hara <laughs> no, no, is. No, no, but, but you were I, messing up those two names. Yeah. They are... I have always considered... I mean, they are two of my comedy queens personally. Yeah. Like, especially when I was a kid. Like, I revered both of them. So I'm, I'm delighted that your brain went you know, kind of crossed in that way. They, they kind of hit like a similar spot. Yeah. But it is such a testament to Catherine O'Hara in this that like the, ma- the material is not great. Yeah. But I was laughing often at her performance of it. Like, like mechanically, the, like the mechanics of the physicality of what Catherine O'Hara is, do- is doing in this yeah. is great. Like when she finally does slap the guy, it's like, just her physicality, like she oh. has physicality as an as an actor. That's a that's amazing. Yeah. I, like I could watch her do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I definitely felt like um, 
there were other aspects of that whole thing that were just like, why are they doing it this way? But once you finally slapped him, it was like, chef's yeah. kiss, the perfect physicality. Yeah. Yeah. What you said, basically. And I, I want to talk about the, the tailgate scene, but I just want to acknowledge that I feel like everybody in this, in the, the two episodes of this that we've seen now, is not being utilized very well. Yeah, certain scenes are so broad. Chris Elliott's character, this him reaching into the fondue with his whole hand and then just like smearing the cheese all over his face is so big and over the top and like, ha ha, look at this. And then other people are being so subtle almost. Like when the the drunk waitress comes over to David at the party and just goes, hey, uh, Twyla from the cafe. I'm gonna drunk. I'm gonna go roast some marshmallow, and then she walks away. Like, yeah. I expected her to be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna drunk," and then to say something hilarious or to vomit or to something. Right. And it's just Chris Elliott is going to 25, and everybody else is holding back to like an an eight and a half at the most. And on a scale of ten, I I felt I need to clear that up. <laughs> he's it's he's really a, jarring. He's a perfect example of. Why I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. Oh, he's my least favorite part of the show, hands down. This and is... not to entirely rest that blame on the actor's shoulders. Right. It's this... Because I've seen him in other things where he's where he's great. Where it doesn't oh, feel good. I saw him and went, oh, Chris Elliott, I haven't seen him in anything yeah. in ages. How delightful. I mean, and then... I'm just like, have him run a camera. It'd be great. I'll have him hold a camera. Film, <laughs> film Bill Murray a million times. It'll be great. But like, the the... The issue is that there's no humanity from him at all. No. And that's... No. That, that is the... He's it's, a cartoon. Yeah. And that's the same issue I have with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Why I've never been able to get on board with that show is that you have these people who aren't likable and there's no humanity. The thing, the thing is, is he could be this broad, ridiculous guy who's, who's taking smelly shits and sticking his hand in the fondue. Yeah. If at some point in the episode, like, you know, he has them go through this whole rigmarole to sign the thing. Yeah. And then finally they're like, just sign it. And as he's signing it, he kind of, he dials down and he's like, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't need to make you go through all this. I just, I I was excited to meet your wife, and I, I've just always wanted to seem cool. And did you, you know. see a whole scene that I missed? No, I'm saying. Oh, you're saying that was his vibe. I wanted that oh, to happen. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? He didn't do any of that. No, but that's God. the thing. Is like, if if any humanity like yeah. that had happened, if he had done that, where he's like, yes, I'm okay. sorry, I've just been trying to be cool. I don't, you know, we're small town people. Like, sorry, you, I, if he finally admitted, like, look, you've been sort of a specter. For the last 20 years. Anything. Almost. Almost. I guess at the point, it was about 15 years since he had bought that the town. And I just, uh, I was expecting you to be really like big, cool, big city guy. And I guess I felt I needed to like slap my small town dick on the table and blah, blah, blah. It just said, and then I'm a huge fan of your wife. And if it all kind of gelled in him being like, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry, but... You're not going to be able to sell this town, so I guess we're stuck in this together or something. And instead, instead, he pulls this whole, this is my town, you play by my rules. I'm just kidding. Or am I? It, uh, uh, the character is, he's he's playing the comedy, quote unquote, at 25 and everyone else is at, you know, yeah. at and five, some of the people in the show. And that's the, the thing is there's just, there's no... I didn't feel much humanity from him. I don't really... His wife just seemed like a perfectly normal small town high school teacher. Right. She and was that... just... She was saying, I hope everybody likes a cheese ball. And like, oh my gosh, he loves your show. She seemed like a perfectly nice person. And he is a cartoonish, disgusting caricature of a small town asshole. Yeah. And, and it just was like, I'm sorry. No. No. Nothing about... Mm, I mean, his sorry. wife is also a bit of a weirdo. Like she was a little bit of a weirdo, but like she was a like a sweet small town weirdo. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's the thing. Like when she showed up and he had this like nice, beautiful wife who just seemed nice. Yeah. I was like, we're gonna get some sort of humanizing thing. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Where she's gonna say something nope. like, "Oh, you, you supported me through college or something." You know, just like something where it's some, like, eh, literally anything. And there's not mm-hmm. the only moment that I felt like. What there was some actual like humanity between uh, the town, the townies, and the the people was 
front desk girl. Stevie is great. She's she's playing the comedy maybe just slightly under, but that kind of works for the character. It's almost like she's a real small town person. Yeah. She's not a cartoonish rich person and she's not a cartoonish poor person. She's like a normal small town person who is looking at everyone else like, I'm I'm a real person. Why are you all in a sitcom? You yeah. know? I kind of like her for that. She has that great moment with Eugene Levy where he goes to the uh, John is that the character's yeah. name? He goes to the John front desk Johnny. after he wakes up to water dripping on his face and he's complaining about it and stuff and then he tries to order room service and she's like we don't have it. Yeah. She goes, Due to a lack of everything, everything. <laughs> we don't do room service. And she goes but feel free to help yourself to our complimentary espresso bar and just yeah. kind of points over it like a little whatever. Yeah. And he goes I'd rather drink the wastewater and that's she goes, dripping yeah. from the broken plumbing and she goes i heard that yeah like, wait i love that she doesn't go how dare you besmirch our co- our coffee bar she just goes like fair that's what I, yeah and that's why i kind of liked her and the fact that she's not like these people suck fuck you forever she actually tries to invite david i feel she, like she maybe feels bad for alexis and and david and that's why she's she's kind of like hey do you guys want to come to a party i know it's not much not clubbing but you're welcome to come yeah and then she she's nice to them when they're there as well she doesn't then make fun of them or something right yeah she she says i heard that about the coffee and it's it's this total moment of it's the first moment in the show the whole first episode yeah 10 minutes into this episode where there's actually there's actually humanity I'm like, yes. oh, this moment, this exchange, I can see why maybe people connect with these characters in the show as they're warming up to each other. And then, as you said, she she invites the the kids to the party. Yeah. And I, I, I said earlier, I want to talk about this party because it's like this. The party feels is the first scene that in my mind had life like yeah. th- there were there were kind of there were characters interacting. The, the waitress came through for a minute. Tim Rosen's abs were there. Like, hmm. but it, but even the way that the, the, the kids were interacting with the party, you know, the, the girl is getting selfies with hot dudes to yeah. try to make her ex jealous or whatever. Yeah. It, it felt like an interesting, fun scene. Yeah. Of like the. It, nobody there. It, she didn't roll up and, you know, she was describing, she does this bit where she's like, yes, this is, this is a good journey for me or whatever. Yeah. To When Stevie invites her to the party, she's like, okay, I'm looking for someone no less than 5'7", uh, maybe a mechanic, someone who hammers things, which is describing the kind of townie she wants to date. And uh, Stevie's just looking at her like, uh, okay. But she then doesn't show up to the party and they're not all Chris Elliott's. They're yeah. not all Roland's. Scratching their beer bellies and going like, you're pretty. You know, they look like normal people who live in a small town. Yeah. And that actually, just the, the that reveal actually made me more interested in watching more of the show. Because yeah. if, if the majority of the town is just small town yeah. North Americana, like, I could roll with that. Everyone else in the town seems like an human being. The real estate guy... Twyla the waitress, Stevie the front desk girl, Tim Rosan's abs. They all seem like human beings. Yes. As opposed to Chris Elliott, who's playing an SNL character. I don't know. Not even an SNL. Like a mad TV character. Yeah. And that's the I'm thing. I'm sorry. Very strong language here. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like there, there's just, there's never a moment of humanity. Yeah. From him. Yeah. I, not I even a it. teeny tiny bit. Tim Rosen's abs had more humanity yes. than, than Chris Elliott did in this. And yeah. I, I feel bad saying that because I genuinely have liked Chris Elliott in many things. Yeah. Do we have any more recap or should we get into our segments? Let's get into the segments. I think we're, I think we're ready. Where did the money go? Uh, this is a segment where we talk about whether the budget was going to evenly spread out or whether there was one big thing they had to splash the money on just kind of talking about the mechanics of setting up a new show uh where where was the money spent and i feel like probably most of it was on the establishing shots of the family in their ridiculous uh opulent house yeah that like with the giant portrait and, the giant portrait of them i was thinking yeah. like that also was... just a lot of actors in that scene yeah yeah 
Yeah. Other than that, oh, I will, I will, I will point out that the when uh, the son, uh, David, David Young Levy, David, arrives Sorry. at the 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 like tailgate, you know, uh, rural people party. Someone rides a motorcycle, like doing a wheelie past him, very close. Yeah. Like, that, I think that's part of why I was like, the scene has so much life. Like, it feels like a totally different show. It's like that was a pretty good stunt. Like, yeah. and they just did it. Like, yeah. it's the, there's it's not like computers or whatever. And I was like, ah, oh, that's money well spent. Yeah. Whoever you gave fifty <laughs> bucks to to do that, money well spent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like aside from the obvious things of sets and and so on there wasn't one set where i went oh that was the one that you know yeah they had to really establish there's no bat cave no <laughs> moving on to our next segment which we like to call Clips and Chips. this is the segment where we talk about speculations that we have for upcoming cliffhangers particularly at the end of the season and also any characters that we ship with each other yeah uh, obviously, I ship me and Tim Rosen's abs. Yeah, I mean, same. I think we all do. I think that's a very human thing. It it it, it genuinely down. is. Uh, I ship Stevie and David just a little bit. Yeah, but I think she's into it. Yeah, I feel like I've heard something. I saw something online when I was looking up something that that uh, that that char- those that character, and then I was like, oh, okay, that must just uh, that must develop later, and then her inviting him to the party, it felt a little bit like she's like, hey, you guys are in a shitty situation. Want to come to a party at least? But it also felt a little bit like she's like, hey, I don't care, but also I do a little. Well, it also seemed like my read on that was also like you two being here Mm -hmm. is one of the most interesting things that has happened to this town. Yeah. In forever. Yeah. Your family is kind of weird and your parents sort of suck, but like... You two are interesting, kind yeah. of, like, about, you know, around my age. Like, you might end up being people to hang out with. Yeah. Also, she does point out when um, when they get to the party, Alexis is like, I'm going to do, a, you know, a walk around, kind of check everyone out. Um, and she's like, you know, says something about both being single. And CB says, why, why do you think I'm single? She's like, oh, we're on the prowl. I hope you're single. She's like, oh, I'm not on the prowl. It's... In a town this small, you're... you've you've already you've either already been there or know too much to want to go. Oh, that's what it is. Yes, perfect. You've been there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's kind of like mm, no, and so honestly, David might just be kind of like you're new. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of I maybe ship it just a skosh. Yeah. Um, also, I would just like to see him develop, just developing into a more of a character, a more of a person. Yes, and also him and and. The two of him and uh, Stevie. Stevie have a great, like, sarcastic uh, Thora Birch ghost world kind of chemistry. <laughs> of just being like, Ugh. Like, they both are really yeah. kind of over it of all of it. Yeah. You know? Oh, I you just reminded me of Alexis saying to her when they did the party. Because, like, Alexis is overdressed in, like, a little mini dress and yeah. hair and makeup perfect. She says, I wish I could pull off that sort of natural no makeup look. It's so French. <laughs> and Stevie's like... Thanks. And I love that. Yeah. It was not a backhanded compliment. It was like kind of a weird compliment, but like yeah. she it seemed right. like a genuine compliment. Well, that, that's the that is the fun thing about the personalities of the two kids and why like I am enjoying it is that uh David is super jaded. Yeah. And just over it and like a hipster kind of meh. Uh. And then his sister is like she's a very enthusiastic like bubbly person who just seems like genuinely excited about life. You know, she want she hears about a party. She's like, oh, I'll go. You know, she's not wallowing in her sadness, even though she's mm. maybe unhealthily trying to make her ex jealous. Yeah. She's still like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do stuff and I'm going to, you know, I'm not yeah. going to pity party. It's fun. Yeah. I, I felt like she could have shown up to the party and been like, never mind. This is disgusting or something. And right. so she's like, I'm making the best of this situation. That's kind of, it's a more positive outlook than most of everyone else in the show. She gets credit for that. Oh, I don't know about first season. I don't know if you have any first season cliffs, but I would like to throw out that I think at some point, because I believe the show is still on the air, so we're mm-hmm. talking about... Six years. Six years. Maybe third season? Maybe fourth? Someone offers to buy the town. There's actually an offer. 
Ooh, and yeah. then it's like, maybe either the, the family has to decide, do we really want to leave? Or have we bonded with this town? Right. Or the person who wants to buy the town wants to like, I don't know, raise it and, and destroy it or something. They want to do something bad that would right. harm the community. And the Roses have to decide if they want to protect the community or sell or something like that. I feel like that's got to come up eventually. I'd be kind of surprised if it was by the end of the first season, just because right. it seems too soon. When they've gone, it took 20 years to sell it. But that, that feels like eventual. Yeah. Do you have any ideas about the first season? Just like theories of what might uh, be the big I, at the end? No. I think that a potential offers on the town is the only one that I can really think of. Yeah. But first season seems too soon. You agree? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of anything that could be... I have a sort of a future theory thing but i think it's more appropriate in our next segment oh okay well let's go on to our next segment then which is called what will this show be uh this is the section where we talk about what we think the day-to-day slog of the show will be often a pilot is busy kind of setting up a lot of things and then the first quote-unquote normal episode it gets into kind of the normal structure of the show i suspect this one won't be quite that different um based on the the style of the first two episodes slash the pilot but i i think we're gonna see three things in the episodes three things and three things only i i think we'll see more bonding with the town Mm -hmm. and i think i i could foresee this show actually developing some humanity where the humanity starts to grow up through it kind of organically. Mm-hmm. And we do start getting those moments of humanity. Like John and um, Moira. Moira end up bonding with, um, God, I can't remember the mayor's name. Mr. Shit. Roland. Roland and his wife. Like they end up somehow forming some kind of friendship. Like, and it's like this joke that like their first meeting is so heinous because they, the, the humanity does come. But regardless of whether that plays out, I think there will be bonding with the town. I think there will also be a repeated thing where we'll get episodes where people from the, the family's former life come to visit the town. So you have you can have ridiculous oh, yeah. guest characters. Yeah, of like, Stavros could finally show up. Right. <laughs> or like some you know weird artist friend of the Suns, because we t- talked about him owning a gallery. Like yeah. a weird artist friend of the Suns comes in and you get this like... It's like, we're going to film here. You know, yeah. it's like the town is like all like, oh, we're going to be Hollywood. Like, yeah, but it's um, some weird art film. Sure. Yeah. And then uh, I think there's going to there's gonna be like very much fish out of water, like ridiculous fish out of water stories. Like, oh, yeah. The, the dad ends up fishing with the mayor. <laughs> like they're out in a boat for like, they get stuck in a boat. Yeah. Without a paddle. Oh, sorry. I just, I, I'm... I sincerely hope that Chris Elliott's character gets better, but I'm already so done. I was done after the first 20-minute episode. I have a hard time getting even vaguely interested, much less excited, but any premise involves an episode where he's in it a lot. Yeah. I just, I have low hopes. Gosh, I hope somebody messages me and goes, you're not going to believe where this character goes. But, uh, yeah. Stavros actually showing up in his private plane would be a good end of season one thing. Like maybe things between Alexis and Tim Rozon's abs are like just becoming like they finally made some kind of connection or something. Uh-huh. And she's starting to maybe actually care about him. I don't know if that relationship is actually going there, but you know, that's just starting to happen. And then Stavros, the, the, the billionaire ex-boyfriend shows up on his private jet. I don't know. Well, I, I, th- I think we've uh, nailed what we think this show will be. Yeah. So let's move on to... This is the segment where we talk about any actors that we recognized, people that we noticed, uh, just anyone that makes us say, hey, Hey, it's it's that guy. That guy. Yeah. So Chris Elliott is the big that guy, I think, of this show. Mm -hmm. Aside from the, the, you know, obviously, I don't think it counts quite because like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, it's like, that's the reason you sit down to watch the show. Right. If you've heard of them at all. Yeah, Chris Elliott was definitely... Obviously, we recognize Tim Rozon mm-hmm. from um, uh, from uh, Winona Earp, and you've seen him in Lost Girl as mm-hmm. well. Um, 
man, you shoot something in Canada and that guy's in it. He just appears. Right. <laughs> he just apparates. He's just there. Um, I guess not so much Vancouver. I've seen a lot of Vancouver stuff he's not in. He's more of an Ontario guy. Yeah. He must be more Toronto. Um, then, well, I wanted to address that um, the, the actress, Annie Murphy, who plays Alexis, I thought it was Angela Trimber. I think I just saw a picture of the cast, uh-huh. and I thought it was Angela Trimber. And I looked at a picture of Angela Trimber again, and then and then a pic, and then side by side with Annie Murphy, and I went, "Okay, I feel a little better about making that mistake." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they do have a similar vibe. Also, the character that Angela Trimber plays on Good Place, she she's the dress bitch. Uh, it, similar vibe to Alexis, like not to- entirely different. So yeah, I feel better about that. But I don't believe I've seen Annie Murphy in anything. Um. I glanced at the uh, the actress, Emily something, who plays Stevie. Mm-hmm. I glanced at her... Imdaba. Imdaba, real quick, just in case. Because she had... I, I, I suspected I wouldn't recognize her from something. I didn't look at it really deeply. Uh, but she just has a vibe. Mm-hmm. She has a real vibe. Now, looking at her credits, I think she's older than I thought she was at first glance. Like, I bet you she's played some teenagers in her career post being a teenager. Oh, definitely. She's got a youthful uh, yeah. thing going on. But uh, she was in a couple episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So she can't be that young. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, did you know she's 49? It's just a... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our next segment, which is called... I Choose You! In this segment, we just pick our favorite character. Who do we want to see more of? Is who who really stood out to us is like our fave. I'm I'm just gonna I'm sorry to like totally make a ground rules, but Tim Rosan's abs are off the table for yeah. this one. Yeah, well, he, he, they uh, they slash he are not a character yet. Yes, to, just to clarify for the listeners at home, Tim Rosan does not speak in this. No, he shows up in the last thirty seconds. Yeah, uh, has his shirt open. Alexis kisses him, and then he kind of looks like, did that just happen? Uh, and she walks away, and is that the last scene, or is there one more? There's one more with. The... Oh, then they 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 lock up the whole situation yeah. with the oh of them in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, a conscious <laughs> thought had left my brain. Yeah. Again, you know. Point. Uh. So yeah, he's um yeah he's off the table. So I'm gonna say Stevie mm-hmm. for now. But I'm, the one I'm most uh, looking forward to seeing develop is David. And I admit that's because of things I've heard people say about his character on the internet. Hmm. Less to do with what we get in the first episode and more to do with things I have heard. Which I kind of want to tell you, but part of me is like, okay, you're probably not going to watch more of the show, are you? Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, apparently he's bi and genderqueer, the character, so... That's some could have, some strangely baiting. Could have hinted at that a little more in the pilot, like because yeah. I'm sorry, it's I'm, not it's not not hinted at in the sense that no. he doesn't like. It's not like he talks about. I mean, he he's he has a touch of the fae about his mannerisms. Yeah, but the, he does not say anything right to indicate his preference one way or the other. <laughs> sorry, I accidentally... white or red, whatever's handy. I'm thirsty, not stubborn. No, strangely, I have literally seen a gif where he, I believe he makes some sort of comparison about being bi or pan and what kind of wine you like. I can't remember the exact joke, but it's, it hap- it, it's coming. It's coming at some point in this show. Uh, so basically with that knowledge, now Stevie, David, and Tim Rosan's abs are like my OT3 for this show. Fair enough. Uh, Alexis is fine. Nothing against Alexis. I just... Yeah, yeah I for me, the, the, the thing I want to see more of, uh, I've already kind of touched on, is the, the dynamic between the super jaded guy and the townie um, yeah. desk clerk. Because I think, it's, it's not explicitly stated, but the vibe I'm getting is that she kind of like, has this dream of leaving the town, of getting out of the town, of yeah. being in the water. You know, she's got big dreams or whatever. Oh, one of her good lines is her human, yeah, very human lines. Yeah, you think I want to be here or something? Well, he says, we're selling this town. She goes, but it's such a great place to live. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, And I think she's probably my, my favorite character right now. 
yeah. but specifically because of the dynamic that she offers in playing off of the the yeah. kids. Yeah. Because on the one hand, like I, I just feel like the dynamic that's being set up is that uh, David is super jaded and Alexis is so enthusiastic and bubbly. She's going to fall in love with the town first, I think. Not just because of Tim Rozon's abs. I think yeah. she's just the kind of person who naturally just in any situation just gets yeah. into it. She's yeah, just... I mean, to be fair, Johnny states what I think is actually, now that I think about it, going to be the show's, like, you know, he states this is what the show is about towards the end. He says, if we have to fix this town up before we sell it, then we'll fix it up. Right. I forgot about that line. It's like, oh, yes, that's what the show is going to be. Yeah. It's going to be them attem- attempting to fix the town. Right. And maybe there are certain things that they will improve, but mostly it's going to be about the town improving them, probably. Probably. (laughs) Which uh, is a great segue into our next segment. Final verdict. Look, folks, it's time for us to ask ourselves, did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more? Sarah? No. The hype on the internet made me want to watch more. The pilot? No. If I hadn't heard anything about this show and I watched it in a vacuum, I'd be like, oh, God, please, no more of Chris Elliott sticking his hand in cheese. No more. I mean, to be honest with you folks at home, uh, we're recording this in my friend's Airbnb here in Seattle, and there's a TV with a Roku that has a guest account that guests can use. So that's how we watched it, uh, the Netflix. Yeah. And a previous guest at this... Yes. Airbnb had started Shit's Creek, watched the first 10 minutes, yeah. and turned it off. Yeah. I said to Sarah uh, at some point, I said, if I was not watching this for a podcast, I would not have made it through that first episode. Yeah. Liked the second episode a little better. Yeah. But. If, if yeah, I, I, I agree. Especially because it never would have occurred to me to watch the second episode as part of the pilot, as part of the establishing what the show's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like it really needed that. Yeah. It really needed that. That kind of getting to... Which was true of The Good Place as well. Except The Good Place was good. So we wanted to see more. We were just confused by why the pilot had no like button on the end. Right. This has the button. The, the Good Place did still set up enough of what was going on. Yeah. We were still on board. We were just confused yeah. about why they had structured the episode the way they had. And then we yeah. found out, oh, that's because really, for for actual intents and purposes, it was only half of the pilot. I do not understand. If you're going to air the first and second episodes back to back as one thing, when it then goes on to a streaming service, they should just be combined into one episode. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing it since the 80s. Encounter at Farpoint, the TNG yeah. pilot is referred to as a film. Like, in their marketing and things, they refer to it as, like, the next generation's first feature-length adventure. Like, they talk about it as a 90-minute thing. Yeah. It's just absolutely absurd to just label them and title them as if it's not called part one and part two. It's just, it's treated like, this is the first episode, this is the second episode. No. They are the first episode split into two parts. And I just, I don't know. It's a nitpick about the TV world for whatever reason they do that, it drives me nuts. If someone who is in charge of television is listening to this, please do what you can to stop people from splitting apart episodes that are meant to be watched together. Just, it's not good. Anyway, now that I've rambled, strangely, what's your final verdict? I mean, it, it's not a surprise that it's a no. However, I I do want to I do want to stress that the second episode did a lot for me. Yes. It and did. It did. I, th- I think that it's important. You know, I kept waiting for there to be a little bit more humanity. I wanted there to be a little bit more development. And there was. You know, we, we started to kind of get into it with the relationship among the young people and things like that. But for me, and I, I this gets to the heart of one of the things that I love about this podcast is it's about pilots. It's about what did this pilot do? Like as much as there's hype on the internet or whatever. Yeah. If you are writing a pilot and, and if if your pilot gets picked up and then it's shown to a network or shown to a test audience or whatever, that's it. You don't you don't get to magically have like sort of a, a groundswell for later of it going somewhere. And I, I think 
that's one of the reasons I'm being more harsh on this. Like, it's lovely to hear that there's positive things about it later. You know, there's cool representation or mm -hmm. whatever. But for me, if you can't get across what is going to be that wonderfulness in your pilot, yeah, I don't really want to keep watching the show. And I mean, that's my that's my kerfuffle with most Netflix shows is that. You don't get that, you know. They 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 show you a bunch of stuff, and then they go, "Oh, this will this will matter ten hours from now." But it's like if I if I don't have some spark of that initially, yeah, then I don't, I'm not there for it. And yeah. I f I feel like I'm being really harsh, but like I wanted to like this, the talent that's involved, yeah. the premise, it all seems great, but it just left me up Shit's Creek. Uh, wah, wah, and wah. on that note, <laughs> that wah note. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Bye David. <laughs> Tim Rosen's abs can stay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tim, you come, come back. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to our special guest stars, Jerome, CJ, Josh, Christopher, Tina, and Juniper. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. What is that noise? I don't know. It sounded like one of those baby dolls when you have it near a kid and when you turn yeah. it over it would go, ah! Sounds like that. Well, it's nothing I can legally hit with a stick, so... <laughs>